The book of 2 Kings this morning will be in 2 Kings chapter number 1, 2 Kings chapter number 1, and I have been announcing for uh, several weeks now that our theme for the new year is a double portion, and we're asking the Lord to give us a double portion, and I've set some goals, well I've told you what some of the goals are, and we'll, over the next several weeks, start laying out how we're going to go about reaching and meeting these goals, but I want to take today, this morning and then later this evening uh, to really uh, get into uh, the account of the double portion in Scripture and so that we know what we're talking about when we say we want a double portion for the Lord. And I believe this will be very helpful to us and it's very important for us to grasp uh, what the Bible has for us here. Second Kings chapter number 2, begin reading verse number 1 and we're going to read down through verse number 11. So follow along with me. Second Kings chapter number 2 in verse number 1. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets and were at, that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and part of them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Of course, we see in verse number 9, as Elisha and Elijah have come to that place, that point where God is going to take Elijah uh, by a chariot of fire into heaven, that Elijah tells Elisha, uh, ask him, what can I do for you? Uh, and he asks him for a double portion, for thy spirit be upon me. And this morning, that's what the message is. It is a double portion. Father, I pray that you would help us today as we look at this passage of Scripture, a, a fairly familiar story this morning. But Father, there are some truly life-changing truths to be found. Uh, there are some what could be some church-changing truths to be found here. But Father, I pray that you would use your word today. May the Spirit of God uh, use the Scripture in our life today. Uh, may He convict us. May He challenge us. And uh, Father, may we determine today uh, to make 2023 a year that we do more for you. We give more of ourselves to you. 
And fathers, one unsaved this morning, may they realize that the only way to you, the only way for forgiveness is through the Lord Jesus Christ. May today be their day of salvation, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have the prophet Elijah, who is one of the more well-known Bible characters in the Old Testament. Elijah was quite a prophet of God. He was quite a man of God. There is no doubt that Elijah was God's man. Some of the stories that center around Elijah are just, just amazing, from uh, the, the, the Mount Carmel calling fire down from heaven and all the different things that God used Elijah for. Elijah was a man that I believe that when you, when you think about Elijah, you think about the power of God. You think about the, the, the voice of God, the voice piece of God. You think about a man uh, that was just uh, uh, different than every other man. He was what you think of when you think of that fiery prophet of God. Elijah uh, was no doubt God's messenger. The one thing we are aware of by this passage of Scripture that Elijah also prepared the, those coming behind him to serve God. We find the sons of the prophets. We find Elisha, uh, those that Elijah, Elijah was used by God. Elijah was that voice of God. But Elijah was also preparing those that would come behind him to serve God in the capacity that God had for them. This familiar story, we find Elijah's translation as this referred to. Uh, God took, and there's some prophetic uh, 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 importances to that, but we'll not get into today. But uh, Elijah, Elijah was translated into heaven in a fiery chariot in a whirlwind. That would have been something to see, would it not? And uh, Elisha determined to go all the way with Elijah. And several times we read this morning, Elijah said, just wait right here. And Elisha said, no, I'll not wait right here. I'm going to go wherever you go. And he went with him, and he's there at the end. And Elisha, Elijah, as we've already seen, I've already mentioned, asked Elisha, what would you have me do for you? And Elisha, as we see, it seems to be very, very bold, says, let a double, spirit, double portion of thy spirit come upon me. What do you think about that? Elijah told him, you've asked a hard thing. I believe what Elijah is saying is that's not mine to give. But nevertheless, if you'll see it, you'll have it. And if you were to study the life of Elisha, the power of God was on Elisha. Elisha did many miracles. Elisha had that double spirit, if you will. It did not minimize, does not minimize what Elijah did. I'm going to show from the scripture this morning uh, what all this double portion means. And certainly as a theme for us this year, we are asking as a church for a double portion. I thank the Lord for what God has allowed us to see as a church. I thank God for what he's allowed us to do as a church. And anytime that God uses you to do anything, that is something to just give God the glory for, that he would use us in any capacity. God has been so, so good to us. I'm not standing here today and, and give any complaints. I'm not standing here today and say, well, why couldn't this happen? God has blessed us beyond. We as a church have seen more things take place by the hand of God in just a few short years than many see in a lifetime. But I want a double portion of God's Spirit. As a Christian, I want us to be challenged not just today, but throughout the year. Uh, what have you done for the Lord? 
Now, what you do for God lasts for eternity. But don't you want more? Don't you want to be closer to God this year than you were last year? Don't you want more prayers answered this year than last year? Don't you want more wisdom from God this year than ever in your life? Don't you want the power of God in your life and on your life and on your home and in your ministry more in more ways than you've ever experienced before? It is available to us, and as a church, we are asking for that double portion. So what exactly does that mean, to re- that, that double portion? And I'm going to point some things out from this story that I see that we ought to be able to take and apply to our life, apply to our church, and, and, and have a double portion of the power of God. Elisha, I have not counted it. I've taken the word of others that if you were to count of the miracles recorded in Scripture, there was twice the number that Elijah did. Now, in this day of glorification of self and social media, it's like, well, he was twice the man of God. He had twice the power. I'm going to explain what that double portion is talking about this morning. But certainly God wants to do great things in our life and great things uh, through our church. And I just think in 2023, I know what is going on in this world. I know the things are taking place in our country. But I know who God is. And I know he still sits on his throne. And his power is still available. And God still wants to empower his people. God wants to use this church in greater ways than it's ever been used before. Christian, God wants to use you in a greater way than you've ever been used before. Maybe you say, I don't have the strength and energy that I used to have. Maybe not, but can you get on your knees and talk to God? Can you ask for God's power on the man of God? Can you ask for God's power in the work of God? Uh, Can you ask for God to stay his hand of judgment uh, from off of this nation to buy us a little space of grace so that we might see more people saved? I noticed some things here. Let me say number one, if we're going to have a double portion, it requires a willingness to step out of the crowd. A double portion requires a willingness to step out of the crowd. Look at verse number 6 and verse number 7 again. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they, how many? Two went on. Verse 7, And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. There were 50 sons of the prophets, 50 who were mentored, if you will, by Elijah, 50 who had separated themselves to serve in some capacity. And, and they, they saw what Elijah did, and they were taught by Elijah. They were even identified with Elijah, but they would only go so far. There was one who went further than the others. There is one who was willing to step out of the crowd. Status quo is never double portion. Double portion never comes to a status quo Christian. Twice the, 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 the blessing, twice the power, the, 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 the windows of heaven, heaven do not open on the status quo Christian. It was... If we as a church want a double portion, we must be willing to step out of the crowd. Let me tell you right now, status quo is not good enough. But there were 50 who went so far. Well, praise God that the 50 went so far. But to get a double portion, you've got to cross the Jordan with Elijah. 
you've got to be willing to step out of the crowd. You've got to be willing to, to endure the mocking and to say, well, who does he think he is? And what do they think they're doing? Don't they know that everybody else is going this far and everybody else is doing this much? Now, they didn't go all the way with Elijah, but they were still sons of the prophets. But there was one that said, I want a double portion. I want more than a status quo. I've I've witnessed the power of God that I've seen in this man's life. I want it in my life. I've read on the pages of history how God would move through a group of people and through a generation. And that is what I want to see in my lifetime. That's what I want to see in in, in our church. But it's not going to happen if we only go as far as other churches go. Child of God, I think every one of us, if we were to be honest this morning, we'd say, I want to know what it's like to have God's power. I want to know what it's like to have power in my prayer. I want to know what it's like to see miracles. We can't be a status quo Christian. Status quo Christianity is destroying our nation. Status quo Christianity is destroying Christian homes. Status quo is not good enough if you want a double portion. Status quo is not good enough if you want to see twice the miracles. Well, Pastor, why can't, why can't we just be like every other church? I don't want to be status quo. Now, let me defend the sons of the prophets a little bit. They saw God's power. I believe they probably saw God do some things through their life and ministry. But not like Elisha. They're in Scripture. But can somebody tell me the name of one of the 50? Because they were status quo. Why can't we just coast like every other Christian? Friend, I'm not interested in being a status quo church. I'm not interested in being a status quo Christian. I'm not interested in being a status quo pastor. I'm not interested in, in having status quo Homes. Well, our, our, our Christian homes, they're good enough than the world. Okay, it doesn't take very much to be better than this world. We're going to have to be willing to step out of the crowd, step out of the status quo Christian crowd, and say, I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to go out by faith. I want God's power. I want God's blessing, and I'm willing to step out of the crowd to do it. The hardest thing for a Christian is not to come out of the world. It's to step out of the status quo Christian crowd. That's the hardest thing for a child of God. Because we become apathetic. I'm just determined this year that we're not going to be status quo. I'm not interested in supporting status quo missionaries. I'm not interested in having status quo ministries. If we are going to see a double portion, if we're going to see God's power, wouldn't it be great to see the God of Elijah move? Wouldn't it be great for people to say, and I believe there is a sense of this, people say, well, you step on that property, you know the power of God is there. Look at what God has done in our home. Look at what God has done in our marriage. Look at what God has done in our ministry. Well, in order to do that, you can't be like everybody else. The sons of the prophet, I don't believe, were bad people. They were sons of the prophets. They followed Elijah. They had ministry. 
They did good for God. They preached messages. They, they, they encouraged God's people. But they didn't have a double portion. I don't understand why in the day of the day we settle for average. We, if you want a double portion, we must be willing to step out of the crowd. Number two, a double portion requires a commitment to go further than others are willing to go. This ties right in with number one. The status quo is not going to work. So if we're going to have a double portion, it requires a commitment to go further than others are willing to go. Look at verse 7 and 8. In 50 minutes, the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. So they too went over on dry ground. He had to be committed to go all the way. A lot of people like the idea of status quo. A lot of people like the idea of stepping out. They're not committed to go all the way. I want God's power on my marriage. I want God's power in my home. I want God's power in our ministry. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for God to take our church and, to, and, and maybe not turn the world upside down, but, but turn Jacksonville, Florida upside down? And only the power of God could do that. Then we've got to be committed to go all the way. There's no halfway. There's no status quo. And a lot of people like the idea of that until, until everybody else don't want to go with them. And then it's like, well, I can't, I can't leave my crowd. I can't leave my friends. I, I want what God has for me. And I want to be committed enough to go all the way. Well, that double portion requires you to... Are you awake now? That double portion requires Christians to go further, requires the church to go all the way. You know what we need to decide as a church today and as Christians today? We decide that you're going to be faithful to every church service. Well, you need to be here for Sunday school. I mean, I give you a donut, a bagel, and coffee. Be in Sunday school. You, you, well, it, it, is it really, are you going to be status quo? Or do you want a double portion? Do you want the wisdom that you need to live the Christian life in this world? Do you want the wisdom? Man, if you were a parent and you weren't in Sunday school this morning, you missed out. Well, there's, there's wisdom, there's truth, there's Bible that, that will help us determine to, to be in church every Sunday. You have perfect attendance thus far. We do have a service at Sunday, Sunday night at 6 o'clock as well. Determined to be there every time that you can be there and you're not providentially hindered and Sunday night football is not providentially hindering you. He's against football, too. No, I'm for God. I'm for leaving the crowd. I'm for being committed. And it would do New Year's resolutions. Anybody made any? I'm going to give you some just in case. Head of the house, you go home and say, as a family, we're going to be in every church service every time the doors are going to be open. We're not just going to be part of a quote-unquote Christian nation. We're going to be committed to go all the way so that we can have a double portion of God's power. When it comes to giving, 
We are a church that gives above and beyond. But is everybody giving? Is everybody doing what they can do? Wow. You know, he's getting a year started off telling us we got to. No, give to God and his work. You know what we need? We need commitment to go all the way when it comes to prayer and fasting. Nothing moves the heart of God like prayer does. Fasting? Well, I do that while you preach, Pastor, because you're preaching a long time. Well, that's, I'm talking about more than that. And we're going to have regular prayer meetings, more prayer meetings, because we need that. Well, that, that, that Pastor, I, I already get up early and and I have so much to do in the day. Okay, I understand that. You, 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 you have to work. You have a family. You have responsibilities. But are you going to be committed to step out and go all the way? It might mean you have to get up 30 minutes earlier. It might mean you have to put the phone down. It might mean you have to take a hobby and say, as much as I enjoy that, I'm going to cut that back. Why? Because I'm going to go all the way. Comes our Bible reading, Bible study, and then meditating on the Word of God. It is not a good thing when Christians can name every member of the Avengers and they can't name the disciples. It's not a good thing when Christians can name every professional football team and they can't quote the books of the Bible. So, wow, this is, I'm not interested in being status quo. We've got to be committed to go all the way when it comes to separation and consecration. If you just go to Walmart in more than pajamas, you're already a step above the world. And you're laughing because sadly it's true. But are we willing to not just go to Jordan, but say, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I'm, when it comes to being separated from this world and consecrated to Christ, because I belong to him, because I'm his child, because I want to be in his likeness, I want to be in his image. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't, I need, I'm going to lay this thing down in my life. I'm going to remove this weight from my life. And, and I want to, I'm going to give these things up. Why? Because I want to go all the way. Are we going to be committed to go all the way when it comes to the Great Commission? And we're going to put a great emphasis on Great Commission Say, Pastor, haven't we had a great uh, emphasis on that? Well, it's more than just being a soul winner. You need to be a soul winner. But when's the last time you had a visitor come to church with you? Are we going to go all the way or not? When are we going to invest into somebody else in their walk with the Lord? We have got to be willing to come out of the crowd and go all the way. There's the masses of Christians, the sons of the prophets, went so far. And that was as far as they went. 
There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of Christians, and I believe there are a lot of Christians in our country. But I believe the problem is they only go so far. There's a lot of Christians today sat there screaming that we need to get God back in the White House. And we need to get Christians back in the church house. And it wouldn't matter who's in the White House. We, we don't, we, there, there's churches, especially in the South, on every street corner. Then why are we worse off than we've ever been? Because the sons of the prophets like to go so far. It takes a commitment to say, I'm going to come out from the status quo. And I'm going to go all the way. And you come to that river, that, 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 that river of water, and he's going to go over Jordan, and the miracle happens, and you go over Jordan, and everybody else is watching afar off. But you've got to be willing to be committed to go all the way. Every Christian, every child of God needs to determine today, today, January 1st, new year, new opportunity, that we want a double portion as a church, and we are going to be committed to go all the way. If it takes sacrifice, then we're going to sacrifice. If it, if it takes leaving this world behind, we're leaving this world behind. If it takes setting aside a weight, I'm setting aside that weight, and we're going to go all the way. Why? Because we want a double portion we want something more. We want our children to see that God's power is still real. You don't have to read about it just on a history book. You don't have to just have somebody tell you about it. They can see it, but mom and dad, you've got to go all the way. You've got to make sure you're where your family is where they ought to be. You've got to make sure the things that are staying out of your home, that ought to stay out of your home. But the other Christians, when are we going to get in our mindset, I don't want what everybody else has. I want everything God has. Number three, acquiring a double portion takes humility. We see verse number nine. And it came to pass that when they were going over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. I've grown up in church, you know that, I've heard all these Bible stories, and I have to admit that growing up as a child and even as a young man, young preacher, I always looked at this passage wrong. Man, Elisha's a confident guy. I want twice the ministry that you have. I want twice the miracles that you have. It's been misinterpreted by its, I have some right to the power of God. That's not what Elisha's saying. Please do not miss this truth. Because acquiring a double portion takes humility. I'm being very candid this morning. And we're just as, as family, if you're visiting, you're getting a taste of, of what our church is all about, what I want to do as, as a pastor. I, I, I want to make a difference. And average doesn't make a difference. But takes Humility. We live in a day when it's all about, I have a right to ministry. I, have a, I, I can demand what God, I can, I, can, I, can, I can turn the power of God on. And we're so full of ourselves. But it takes humility. His boldness, don't miss this, in asking for a double portion was not pride, was not confidence, it was humility. See, Elisha was not asking for material things, but spiritual ones. He was not asking for temporal things, 
but eternal ones. See, Elisha, when he said, Give, let a double portion of your spirit follow me, what Elisha was saying was, Elijah, I'm going to need twice what you had to do what God wants me to do. What I'm going to face in my ministry, what God has for me, I need twice the power. I need twice the spirit. If I'm going to do what the Lord has for me to do, Elijah, I don't have your abilities. Elijah, I don't have your boldness. Elijah, I haven't seen all the things that you've seen. I've had a different role than you've had. I can't be you, Elijah. I can't mimic you, Elijah. I don't have the same relationship with God that you have, Elijah. Elijah, I don't have your abilities. I don't have your talents. I don't think God could use me in the same way that he could use you. So I'm going to need twice what God gave you in order for me to do what I'm supposed to do. You know, we read the, on the pages of Scripture, the church at Acts. And friend, the Christians of that day put to shame the Christians of this day. We won't even take a stand at our place of work when these Christians would be thrown to the lions. We're taking what we believe off our church sign and Christians of centuries gone by wouldn't recant it and would go to their death because of it. We read the Church of Acts, what an amazing, amazing group of Christians. That church in the upper room after Christ was resurrected, those apostles, Mary, his mother, those other women were there. They prayed for the power of God in Pentecost. 3,000 souls in one Sunday, one day. That's power with God. Maybe we collectively as a church, we read that and say, we could never see something like that. And we can make excuses, and can I use the word valid with our excuses? We didn't see the empty tomb. We didn't see the wounds in his hand. We, we didn't experience the things of that early church. And you read of how that church grew, and you read of the ministry of, of those early Christians and how the Bible says they hazarded their lives. They turned the world upside down and the scholars of that day were puzzled. How do these ignorant and unlearned men, how can they have such a pull? How can they have such ability and power and the miracles that took place? I don't know about you, but when we put together our meager resources and we look at that, how could we ever, makes good preaching, pastor, but how could we ever turn our own city upside down? We don't have what they had. So I guess we're going to have to ask for a double portion then. 
Boy, as a preacher, I read of Pastor James and Pastor Peter and Paul and those other great men and John the Beloved. And they give the, 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 the standard for a pastor. And you, these were the first pastors of God's churches. And it's like, there's no way that I could ever compare to that. I guess I'll have to have a double portion then. Because I don't have the boldness of a Peter. I don't have the heart of John. I don't have the education of the Apostle Paul. I don't have any of those things. But let me tell you what is available to me. If I'm willing to step out of the crowd, if I'm willing to go all the way, there's a double portion available. And maybe you are doing the best you can as a Christian and you... You say, well, God, I'm thankful that God has saved me and I'm thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done in my life and I'm thankful that I heard the gospel. I'm thankful that my family is saved. But I, I look at other Christians and I look at what those have gone before me and there's no way that I can rear my, my, my children or there's no way that we can overcome the things that have been in our past so that, so that we, can, we can have something that brings honor and glory to God. You may not have the physical ability, but that's why you need a double portion. That's why you've got to say, I've got to go all the way. That's what Elisha was saying. He was saying, I can't be you, Elijah. But let a double portion so that I can do what it is that God has for me to do. Number four and finally this morning. Very simple. A double portion only comes through God's power. We know the story by now. He asked, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And Elijah tells him, you've asked a hard thing, but when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. You'll have it if you go all the way. It's good that you started, but you've got to go all the way. Look at verse number 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and taught that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of a fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah and that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. Notice those words in verse 14, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Elisha, no doubt, learned some things from Elijah. No doubt he watched him. No doubt he was probably privileged to some of Elijah's personal time with the Lord. Hearing him pray. I think back of the privilege that I've had as a much younger man hearing some of those great, great men of God from the last century pray. Not just from a pulpit, but pray in private. Pray with me. 
And friend, when somebody can get a hold of the heart of a God, you know it when you hear them pray. I wonder if Elisha ever heard Elijah pray. He had watched Elijah, no doubt. He had learned from Elijah. But when Elijah was taken from him, he still had Elijah's God and the power that was available to him. Friend, do you believe the Bible this morning? You must believe the Bible to be saved. Why is it that we only believe that portion of Scripture? We believe the gospel. We believe the Bible that tells us how to be saved. And we must realize we're a sinner. It's only through Christ's finished work on Calvary. And we believe that. We put our faith in that. Thus, we are saved. We are redeemed because of our faith in what God has said. But don't be a Christian where your faith stops at that portion of Scripture. I still believe that God can move and God can use a humble group, if I can say it like this, of misfits called His church and He can empower them if we are willing to step out of the status quo. Hey, mom and dad, God can bless your home. As I taught this morning in Sunday school, you don't know who's living in your home. You, you don't know who God is, whose home God's going to reach in and raise up somebody who's going to make a difference for the cause of Christ. And there's somebody, generations from now, that can even be affected because of what's done in your home. But you've got to be willing to step out of the status quo. You've got to be willing to say when everybody else is sleeping in on Sunday morning, my family's getting dressed, my family's going down to the house of God. Amen. You've got to be willing to say when everybody else is, when your kids say, well, everybody else is doing it, it doesn't mean that we're going to do it. Because we're not wanting to just be part of the status quo. We're wanting a double portion. I'm going to tell you that if we're going to accomplish the things that I believe God wants us to accomplish this year. If we're going to reach our potential as a church, it can't be status quo. Can't be status quo offerings. Can't be status quo prayer meetings. Can't be status quo church attendance. Can't be status quo preaching. Can't be status quo effort. There has to be sacrifices. There has to be a willingness to say, man, I just, I want more. I want to see God do more. You know, we can talk today about what God did in the previous generation, and I'm thankful for that, because if He had not done in the previous generation, generation, we likely would not be here right now. But at some point, God's people has got to say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? It was a great day in my life when I quit depending on the spirituality of my parents, and I said, I want, to, I want my own. It was a great day when my parents' convictions were no longer my parents' convictions, but I got my convictions. It was a great day when nobody else chose for me, 
what, God, what, what was my life's direction was going to be, but I allowed God to choose for me. And in doing so, so if I'm going to be a child of God, I'm thankful I'm a child of God, I want to be the best child of God I can be. I mean, do you, do you want a, I, I don't know where you would even place me in your mind, but do you want a status quo pastor? I joke, I only work on Sunday. Oh, no, we want a pastor who prays and studies and, and does more than pass out color sheets on Sunday morning. You know, we want, you know, we want a, we want a, we want, we want a pastor who will, who will, who will visit, and a pastor who will work, and a, a pastor who has a dream and a vision. And, and there's nothing wrong with wanting a, 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 a pastor that's not status quo. Status quo pastors want status quo churches. But a pastor who doesn't want to be status quo doesn't want to pastor a church that's status quo. The point I'm making is, if we're going to do everything that God would allow us to do, we've got to say, I want a double portion. And it's not arrogance to say, we want to double our church. Matter of fact, it's what we're commissioned to do. Does the gospel still save? Does the gospel still change homes? Is, is right still right? Is God dead? Absolutely not. It would be arrogant to say, we're going to double our church this year, and we're going to do it on our own strength. We're going to organized so that we can do it all. And matter of fact, we're going to change some of our emphasis and we're, going to, we're not going to be as rigid and hard on, on some things that the Bible has established and so that we can attract other people. That would be not only be foolish, but that would be arrogant. But for us to get on our knees and say, God, would you enable us to reach somebody this year? Would you enable me and my family to reach another family like we were reached? Would you enable me to be the human instrument to see somebody trust Christ as their Savior? Would you enable me to be that example to somebody else, that encouragement to somebody else? Would you enable us to do a greater work for God? Would you allow us, but friend, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to step out from the crowd. There's dozens of churches you can go to in Jacksonville area that will not put any pressure on you. Will require nothing but the average. Just show up when you want to show up, drop in what you want to drop in, and let's just be average. But friend, status quo does not change a city. Status quo does not change a home. Status quo, Christianity is what is ruining and has ruined our nation. Some point, somebody in your family, in my family, has got to say, I'm going to step out. And I'm committed to go all the way. But I'm going to need double what others had because I don't have the ability that others had. I don't have the talent that others had. I don't have the mind 
the education, the opportunity. Maybe that's your excuse today. Well, I, I know the people, I could never do, we, we all have somebody who made a difference in our life. I could never do what they, well, we'll ask God for, a, ask God to give you double to make up for our inadequacies so we can do. And God's power is available. Mom and Dad, you can rear your children to God's honor and glory in the year 2023. You can have a marriage that honors God in 2023. Young people, you can be clean and pure in 2023. Church, there can still be a church that holds to the truths of this book and doesn't compromise it, doesn't water it down in 2023. God can still bring revival in 2023. There's got to be a people who'll say, I've got to have a double portion. I've got to have a double portion. Friend, today, why don't we determine? I want a double portion. As we go to the invitation, do you want a double portion? Do you, do you want... God, to give you what you need so that you can rear your children, have a home that honors God, that we as a church can do greater things for Him, then you've got to be willing to step out from the crowd, to step out from the average Christian. Sons of the prophets weren't bad people. They were just content with doing the minimum. The minimum. You know why churches are dying? You know why our nation's dying? Christians are content with doing the minimum. We'll work overtime when the boss asks us. But when the pastor says, be back tonight at 6 o'clock, he's just being unreasonable. We'll give extra when this cause or this person. But when the pastor well, he's just unreasonable. We got to give the most to God. Friend, let's determine that we're going to be committed. Father, I pray that you would use your word, use the message this morning.